0: welcome back to the gospel for life it's always good to start the day with you this is russ herman from cloverdale united Reformed church with me in the studio today is jonathan van hoogan from day spring reform church
1: it's very good to be with you and also with our uh, special guest today um, alan Burroughs from king's congregation and vinnie hunky from valley
2: life
0: good morning guys
2: great to be here
0: so in the studio today are four churches that represent um, Reformed Theology. Sometimes we have others, but today all of us uh, uh, subscribe to Reformed Theology. So, um,
2: and, what, and what we're talking about when we say that is the essential uh, pillars of the Protestant Reformation.
0: So three of us subscribe to what are called the, the Three Forms of Unity – and then Alan is the... You want to describe what the
1: three uh, forms are? The three are, forms the, you know.
0: are the Belgic Confession, which is a systematic theology. It gives you the the articles, broad articles, of, of what we believe on certain theological topics. And then you have a catechism, which is just a question and answer, called the Heidelberg Catechism, which is an instructive tool um, mm-hmm. broken down into 52 Lord's Day. The idea was that each Sunday of the year, then you would... Talk about the truths of that particular Lord's Day, patterned it's, off of uh, the Book of Romans, yep. but
1: also going through, um, you know, the Lord's Prayer and the Apostles' Creed and the Ten
0: Commandments. Yep, and then the final one, what is a document called the Canons of Dort, um, which, um, in just layman's term, deal with the five points of Calvinism, often with the acronym TULIP um but it was a document where we the these men were responding to certain challenges that people had brought against the reformed faith and saying well i'm not sure about these five things and the canons is the written response um to those five challenges and, and so
1: interestingly they, that the that that those canons of dort are really the foundation for what oftentimes people call calvinism yes well, you know he didn't originate that but they these questions actually speak to it
0: yep And Alan is the odd man out in the room just in the fact that his church doesn't subscribe to the three forms of unity. I'll let Alan talk about what his church actually would hold to.
2: Yeah, so we're in a denomination called the Communion of Reformed Evangelical Churches. So you have to ascribe to one of the Reformational Confessions. You can subscribe to the three forms of unity. You can also subscribe to the Westminster Confession, for example. can also subscribe to the London Baptist uh, confession
1: 1689 right which we've had guys in the studio that ha- right. ha- are subscribing to that
2: and so like in our worship services we have a short segment that's a catechism segment and right now we we're going through the heidelberg uh, but we f- switch back and forth. We'll go mm-hmm. through the Heidelberg, and then we'll go through the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and we'll go back and forth. But
0: officially, I think you guys subscribe to the Westminster Standards.
2: Not not our church. Oh, a, it doesn't. a lot of our okay. sister churches do. Okay. The approach, there's a there's a shorter, more succinct reformational confession that we subscribe to, and then we supplemented it with particular areas that are very uh, critical to our day and time. Uh, For example, we we have a confessional statement on creation, on the kingdom of God, on covenant, on sex, marriage, gender. So we've tried to speak to those kind of what you might call hot-button issues of our own day. That's the approach we took personally as a church.
0: So all of this seems like meaningless fodder at the beginning of the show. However, it does actually pertain to the direction that we're going today. We all believe that the Christian faith is rational. And we all have these statements, these documents, that we say we not only believe that they're true, but we're willing to um, subscribe to them. And submit to their authority as they're in line with the Word of God. We recognize them as accurate summaries
1: of God's Word, you know, because you know you don't have a. a table of contents or a concordance in your Bible, um, but there are themes and subjects which um, you want to collect in 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 an understanding of what the Bible says about these things. And so we would say that these confessional statements, these uh, catechismal statements, are accurate summaries of the Word of God.
0: So to be confessional is to testify that we believe that the faith is rational. So the question today is, is the Christian faith actually rational? Naturally, we all say yes, but maybe it would be helpful for our listener to hear, well, why? Why do we believe that the Christian faith is is rational?
2: Well, ultimately, the Christian faith, and what we mean by that, is the faith that the Bible sets forth, the truth that the Bible sets forth ultimately it becomes the foundation for, any, for making any kind of, of life make sense. If we just take the word of our foremost philosophers of our day, the, for, the foremost postmodernists, and I've quoted him before, Richard Rorty, a uh, former uh, professor at Princeton and Stanford, um, said that based on um, the naturalism of Darwin, he said if you would just apply it consistently, there is no knowable objective truth. There is no objective truth, um, and that's left over from the notion that God created the world and that he spoke of his own project and his own creation in a language that he spoke and communicated to man. He said, if you don't have the word of God, basically, then you don't have any truth. Now, that's coming from you know, the foremost of our postmodern uh, philosophers. The, the Bible is the Word of God, is what makes all of life, makes us be able to know that there is true truth, that there is objective truth, there is knowable truth. In fact, we can know the God who created all things. And so it's what makes us life rational. It makes us able to understand it. And the Word is God's Word to us explaining
0: some have said throughout the history of the world that christianity or even just religion in general is simply a crutch for the weak Um, if you would go back in time historically you would find that Karl marx would say that it's just simply an opiate for the masses how do we respond to that is it simply a crutch for the weak is it simply just an opiate
1: my sister is with the Lord. Uh, her her journals uh, actually had uh, this comment in it, and she says, "I say to them, it's a whole new pair of legs. Hmm. Um, you know, th- this is hmm. the the it's Bible does. Put it. Yeah, it's not a it's not a crutch. It's a it's it's a new life that is offered it to us in a in the gospel. We become new creations, and uh, you know, people don't understand uh, that." you know we talk about this being uh, a, something that is rational in fact um you know Jude the brother of Jesus you know talks about you know contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints there is a there are particular truths that um we understand that that people um you know pervert and you know are going to twist but this is this is the truth, and for the people that understand that, it becomes life to them you know it's it is life, it's a new pair of legs it's not an it's not an opiate an opiate as Marx would say to you know uh, you know dull my senses it's It's actually a heightened sense of an awareness of who I am. yeah, that's great. I think as we examine other worldviews, for, for me, the Christian worldview provides the most consistent way to understand the world as exists in reality. Not mm-hmm. as I define it within me, mm-hmm. but as reality and truth exist outside of me, it is only the Christian worldview that makes that make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a completely rational understanding of the world yeah, around it, us.
2: Yeah, it's not just rational, it's the foundation Thinking, yep. for any rationality, yep. period. And it it doesn't necessarily make life easy. God makes us go through hard things, but it does make life, even the hardest parts, make sense.
0: It's interesting, this whole idea of a crutch for the weak, the, the underlying premise of that is that weakness is negative. And what I think you'll find in the teaching of God's Word is that the, the classification of all humanity is that humanity is weak. That humanity is broken and fragile and fallen, and um, weakness is is built into our our very um, essence that we're finite. Um, and so, it's Christianity is not a, a crutch for the weak; it's strength for the weak. It's an answer to our weakness. Yeah. I mean, Paul would say, "Wait, wait." How many of you were wise? How many of you were were of substance? How many of you were were of value? I mean, all of you weren't anything. Christianity, in essence, made you have worth and and substance and yeah. I mean, Marx Marx
2: is when he says it's a it's a crutch or it's an opiate is what he, he he's meaning that in an insulting way. If you think about a crutch, I mean, a real crutch is something that's going to actually help somebody who's limping, who needs it. Well, the Bible does that, right and left. Now, if you're saying that it's it's somebody that it's going to enable them to imagine that there's a crutch when there really isn't one, that no, well, the Bible does not do that. And Marx is saying it's an opiate. In other words, it leads to a delusion. But the thing is, if Marxism is true, it's based on a an, an, pure naturalism, which means... There is no knowable truth. Uh, the, there's nothing that you can say is true because everything is just atoms and motions at the end of the day, which means even our sense perceptions are atoms and motions and our, and our thoughts and our logical syllogisms are all atoms and motions. It's just all atoms and motion. That's all there is. And there's no way for us to know based on that premise that there's some kind of a real connection between the atoms in motion in my head and what I think may be out there. There's no way to make that connection. So when you look at somebody like Mark who, Marx, who is scoffing, I mean, with Marx, the only kind of so-called truth you can end up with is just a pure, raw authoritarianism. The, the government, the power, the dictator mm-hmm. is going to tell you what's true for you. And that's the end of it. That's what he ends up with. So let him mock all he wants. He's he's produced a system in which um governments that are supposed to be producing a, a, a perfect society have killed just in the twentieth century over a hundred million of their own citizens. That's what he produced. So let him scoff. Hmm.
0: One of my favorite passages of the Bible is Isaiah forty, and Isaiah forty um says that A voice should cry, and it says, well, what should it cry? All flesh is grass, and all the beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. It's speaking about the weakness of humanity, and it's fleeting. And the answer to that is a, a redirection, where then the prophet is saying, no, the answer is not in humanity. The answer is in God. And he says, behold your God. And then it's just beautiful exposition of God and all of his power and wisdom and tenderness and all of these incredible attributes. And then the chapter ends by saying, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. Even young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. This is the the first admonition the
1: gospel requires of us, is to admit our weakness. That's what repentance is. I'm moving and walking in the wrong direction. I recognize that. I turn and find strength in the one outside of myself. That is Christ Jesus.
2: Amen.
0: You've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.